Thank you for taking the time to view this message online. You can connect with us more through our comments section of this video, through our Facebook page, or through our website, nhgj.org. As we start into the month of June, I felt like it would be appropriate to revisit what it is that we feel like God is leading us to as a church, who he's calling us to become. We started out this year by looking at this idea of being spiritually grown. Uh, it's growing into an orchard of Christ followers. Uh, those people who are together growing into a planting of the Lord that bears spiritual fruit. Our vision of who we are becoming is this, to be people deeply connected to Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and living as an expression of God's love to the world. What this looks like is that as we are being planted by the Lord, every person is showing the fruit of the Spirit in his or her own life. Every follower of Jesus bears fruit, and so this vision is about calling us as a church to influence the world with the gospel, to bear this fruit in our lives, and to be a contrast to the culture around us, to be a church that is changing the world around us as opposed to being a church that is influenced by the world itself. As I've shared before, we are influenced deeply by our family of origin, uh, our parents and our siblings and just the environment in which we grew up in. We're influenced by our friends and those people who we give access to our thinking and, and just to our daily lives. But we're also influenced by the culture around us, the, where we grew up uh, in an urban center, in a rural area, uh, in, in the United States versus another area, another part of the United States in the, the West or the central US or the Northeast. Each one has its own cultural, and even every town has its own culture about it. And so because all of these things influence us, it's important for us to recognize that the church in the United States has been heavily influenced by the entertainment industry. The U.S. media and entertainment industry is the largest in the world, of course, most of us would know that. And it is uh, the value of it, the, the amount that it's brought in over this past year was $717 billion. That represents a third of the total in that media market in the whole world. The church in the U.S. has largely adapted many of the entertainment philosophies and approaches to the way that we do church. And it focuses, in, in part at least, uh, with people being attenders and consumers, which is a profound difference from how Jesus presented the church and how he talked about the church and what we were supposed to be doing as the church. He says in Matthew 9, 37 and 38, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So that's a big contrast, isn't it? From the idea of us being consumers and just attenders at a church to us being co-laborers who are praying and or calling out for more to join in the harvest uh, of the, those who would be coming to know Jesus. So you can see this contrast in the graphic that I'm uh, going to put on the screen here. It shows how we want to be a church that's moving from the cultural norms to biblical norms in our view of what church looks like. So you can see, and, and we look from left to right, uh, 
the world may view the church or other people in the cultural view of the church is that the church is an event. But we want to move to the church as Christ's body and that I'm a part of it. We move from the idea that my role is a viewer to more of me being a participant. I have a part in what the church is doing. And then and the next one is the view of the world is that I'm a consumer and I'm looking for spiritual products. And that's why I look at or look for a church from a gospel centered viewpoint, a scriptural viewpoint. I'm a servant and I'm sharing my life with others and I'm being poured out like Jesus was poured out. And then finally, the, the world's view of the church would be that the church is just one choice of among many things I can do with my time. Uh, it, it accommodates my need for spiritual things in my life. That's in contrast to a biblical view of the church, which says I am a necessary part of the church and my involvement is needed in the church. Now, these are really significant shifts. They're, they're things that have occurred predominantly over the past 30 years as media has taken a more, in entertainment, a more centered role in the life uh, of people. Obviously, it's been longer than that, but it's taken on a more prominent role within the church as media resources have become uh, more available to us. So the problem isn't media, of course. The problem is how we within the church use it and allow it to shape who we are becoming and the way that we function. Are we letting go of something that Christ has called us to and adopted something that actually harms our ability to minister together? Now this shift is really no easy task because there's years of this cultural influence and there's actually spiritual opposition facing us and, and working against us functioning in this way. The way that we've been influenced to think is that if we just recruit and we get behind a few key people who already have power and influence, they'll do the work on our behalf. They can change the world. We just need to uh, get, get our, ourselves positioned with those key people. We, we need to recruit and find these key personalities. Well, Jesus did it so much differently. He, he said, you are the answer to the prayer. You are the one who's part of the answer to that prayer of laborers for the harvest. You are the laborer that's needed. Well, as we go into this message, uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, but I want to pray for us as we look at what it takes for the body of Christ to become built up and to minister together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, that your word changes us, and not only us individually, but it has the power to change the way that your body, your church, is functioning. It's, it allows us to be countercultural. And so, Holy Spirit, we truly need your power uh, to work within us so that we can move against the current of what's happening around us and we can live as the church, your body, in this world. It's no easy task, but, Lord, you did it, and you discipled men and women who were capable of doing it, and now we're calling ourselves to a higher level, to a, a different approach to being your body in this world. And we thank you that you empower us to do it. In your glorious name, amen. Well, Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, it's a terrific description of what's supposed to happen as we grow together as the body. It says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, this is just packed with instruction for the church of who we're called to be and what we're called to do. And so I, I want us just to look at a few things that we can dive into and what it means uh, to be the church that Jesus calls us to. So the way that we function, it says that Jesus, be, before he left, as he appointed within his church, he equipped us. He didn't just leave a group of people. He actually equipped different ones in different ways. And so this passage in Ephesians 4 says that he gave us apostles, which is sent ones, or maybe missionaries might be another way of looking at that. He gave us prophets, those who reveal through proclamation. They give clarity. They uh, unveil things through proclamation. He gave evangelists, literally those who share the good news, those who go about and just proclaiming the good news to others. And he gave shepherds and teachers, or some ways it's described as shepherds and teachers combined, a combined functions. And these are called to communicate scripture and give congregational direction to give leadership over the local church. Now there's multiple gifts imparted to people. So you notice that it's not just one large personality that's been given to the church to lead the church. If there was ever one large personality to lead the church, it was Jesus. And yet he was the one who divested his authority and power by saying all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So now go and make disciples. He's the one that gave it uh, to the disciples to make disciples. He's the one that early on in the ministry, he told the disciples to go and proclaim that the kingdom had come and gave them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And so here we have an amazing picture of Jesus, the one who could have consolidated power and just elevated himself up as the ultimate personality leader. And instead, uh, people flocked to him and he sent out others in order to minister. Such a great understanding of us in terms of what it looks like when we're functioning as the body of Christ. So there's multiple gifts imparted to people within the church for this purpose. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. This is just so critical. This is so critical that we just need to pause on this for just a moment. Even though you may have heard this, maybe you've heard a message about this, maybe you've read this scripture over and over, I want to really pause on this and spend a moment on this because it's such a significant shift from what's happened over the past 30 years. Over the period of time, we have elevated more and more to the point of personality-driven ministry where there's one person who is kind of the figurehead for the church. And then the, the main goal, this idea that uh, we, we're to be entertained, that it's supposed to capture our attention, and, and that the church has adopted, in many ways, the same approach, that 
There's supposed to be performers, and then there's some are just supposed to be viewers. And, and that's really, you know, not the approach that Christ calls us to. Now, that's not saying that that's the intentional approach that's been taken. Uh, there, there's certainly been an attempt to be relevant, to use media, to use uh, different things that are in the culture to reach people. But as with all cultural norms, we have to be careful that we don't adopt them in ways that actually harm the actual intent of the gospel and, and the scriptures and what they're calling us to. So over time, it's been developed where one of the biggest goals within the church and the body of Christ has been to get more people in the seats of the church buildings instead of getting people out into the streets where non-Christians are. Do you hear that shift? Do you hear how different that is? Where Jesus went from town to town, reaching the people, ministering where they were at. And over the history of the church, the call has been to follow Jesus's great commission and to go into all the nations, go into your community, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And now there's come this shift that we've seen grow exponentially in the past number of years, past few decades, where the focus has been Get people in, draw them in, invite in a friend, invite somebody in. And the intent was never to create just a personality. It's to allow people to hear the gospel. But the adverse effect of that has been to elevate one person or one approach and to allow people just to view themselves as viewers of a performance as opposed to participants in the ministry of the gospel. This is such a big shift from where Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. But instead, this model of attracting people and getting them in seats has worked against that in many ways. The purpose of the leaders in the church are to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is a scriptural statement, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Listen, I love pastoring. I love shepherding. I love that to be my role. I love the role of teaching and, and what I'm doing here. But this is not the end-all be-all. I am not the, the final say. I'm not the person who's supposed to stand on the platform and capture your attention and, and be the one who carries out the ministry. My role is to equip you. My role is to equip the church to go into all the world and make disciples. So if there's, there's a, a lag between what our goal is and what's happening. We have to look at our models and say, what's happening? How has that changed? And how do we need to, need to get back on track? So the shift away from this approach of making disciples has placed personalities at the forefront of the church, which actually and, and unfortunately has the ability to diminish what can happen when the whole body is working together. We go back to Ephesians 4, and there's some critical things that the Apostle Paul, as he writes to the church in Ephesus, there's critical things he says that happen when the church works together, when everybody is in ministry together and doing it together. He says, these are some of the things, you'll see them up on the screen here, that the church is strengthened when they minister together. There's unity when the church ministers together. Greater knowledge comes about in, in the relationship to Christ. Greater maturity exists within the body. There's a fullness in Christ that is experienced when the whole church is ministering together. We are built up in love. Oh, what a critical point that we're built up in love when we minister together. And then another thing that he says happens is that we become resistant to schemes. There, there are human schemes and there are devilish schemes that are 
working against the body of Christ. And Paul says, listen, when, when you work together, you're, there's a greater resistance. You're not so susceptible to these schemes that are happening in the world around us. So these are all major things that we can miss out on if you and I take an approach that we are just attenders or observers rather than participants and co-laborers. There has to be a fundamental shift in the way that we view ourselves in relationship to the church. And it has to be that we are not in any way passive, but we are everyday active. That when we come together even for a Sunday service, it's not about a, a time of viewing, it's a time of participating. I have something to bring. I have a, a word of encouragement to share with somebody, maybe in the lobby. I have an opportunity to pray for somebody who maybe the Lord just draws me to that, that I can pray for. But, but even outside of the Sunday morning time, that's where we're called to be actively engaged in ministry with one another. So it's my desire to help us shift our ministry towards this approach that divests more of the ministry off of the platform and into the lives of each person who identifies with Jesus as Lord. Listen, uh, it's not an, an approach that I want to take to have less work. I want my work to change. I want, I want my work to be sharing your testimonies. I want my work to be focused on hearing about all the things that are happening in your life and being able to encourage the body with those things. Uh, I, I believe that as we shift towards a ministry approach, that has each of us engaging more in ministry, then what's going to happen is Jesus is going to be more edified and we're gonna have more opportunity to see him work in each of our lives. I shared during our Grown Spiritually series that we'll be investing more time and focus on small group ministry. And I'll be sharing more about that in about two more, uh, two more weeks and talking about how that's going to be implemented over the course of this summer and specifically in the month of August, we're relaunching our small group ministries in a really powerful way that I think has the ability to engage a lot more people than we've seen here at New Horizons in the past. We're also relaunching our missions council to help develop multiple opportunities for people to engage in our community, so locally, but also uh, globally and around the world. And so this is part of what it means to do ministry together is that again, it moves it from a platform focus and a building focus and having you know, people in seats to getting people on the streets and getting people engaged in ministry on a one-to-one -one basis. So let me finish with this as we think about doing ministry together. Let me ask you this question. Why wait to get started? Yes, we're we're going to be doing some things in small groups. We're doing some stuff with our mission council, but why, why should you even wait to get started? You can get started today. You are empowered as a follower of Jesus. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit and you have enough that you need to know to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Right now, you have access to a Bible, either printed or online, that allows you to share a scripture of encouragement with somebody. Uh, right now, you have access to the throne room of God that you can pray for somebody. You can pray for God's healing. You can pray for God's provision for someone. You can pray that they would have a tenderness of heart so that they can uh, draw closer to, to Christ and be reconciled to others. You have resources that you can share with someone in need. Maybe a, 
uh, food that you can share, uh, shelter that you can share. You have resources. In other words, you can begin to minister right now. <laughs> you, you don't need approval from me to minister. You have a mandate from Christ that says, go and make disciples of all nations. That is a standing mandate that has been echoing throughout the ages. And it goes to me and it goes to every follower of Jesus. So absolutely, as a church, we're going to be doing some things that help us minister together more holistically, meaning everyone gets to be a minister. Everyone is called. Everyone uh, has a role to play and builds up the body together. But let me encourage you, don't wait for us to start some things. You get started right now. I want to encourage you to live out that mandate to go and make disciples, share what you have, speak what you know, uh, pray for the needs that you're aware of. There's so much that you can do right in this moment as you lean into the power and grace of Jesus Christ and you are a minister on his behalf. Well, this is a Sunday where we celebrate communion. And so we're going to pause this video for just a moment and allow you to get communion elements and then we'll come back together, share communion and I'll close us in prayer. It's so appropriate that we share the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, because that's exactly who he says we are. We are his body. We're, we're not just observers. We're not attenders. Uh, we're not those who are called to just give and, and be seated. We are called to be active ministers in his kingdom. And, and the reason we can do that is because he's made us righteous by his work. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it on your own strength. You couldn't do it in your own righteousness. We, we would fall so short of what needs to happen. But by the righteousness of Christ, by the redemption that he's purchased for us, and by the power of his spirit, we're able to minister on his behalf and, and take the gospel, the good news of this kingdom, to the world around us and grow together as the body. So, Lord, as we hold the bread, we thank you. We thank you for the sufficiency that we found in you, that you are more than enough for us. Lord, I, I know that there's so many times I feel uh, insufficient for the work that needs to be done. And, and Lord, I've spoken with so many people who have sat in the seats within the churches and have felt so insufficient. And yet, Lord, you've told us that your body is enough, your broken body, your your body sacrificed on the cross is enough for us that you laid it down for us so that we could be made whole by your stripes we are healed and so we thank you that healing extends to our whole being and so that we have something to offer lord in you we have something to offer to your church we have something to offer to our community and to this world and so we thank you for your body we remember you and we thank you for the sufficiency for what you've purchased for us And with this cup, we remember, Lord, your forgiveness for our sins. We don't always get it right. And so, Lord, when we tell others to follow us as we follow Christ, it's not a statement of arrogance. It's a statement of humble submission where we throw ourselves at your feet 
And we say it's only by your blood that we're redeemed and we're made righteous. We have no self-righteousness. We have nothing to boast about except for uh, you upon the cross and your sacrifice for us and your shed blood. That's the only thing that we could ever boast in is that you died for us and that it's enough for us. So thank you for your blood poured out for us that gives us a new way forward that allows us to be ministers of this great covenant of grace and redemption that allows us to be ministers under the power of the Holy Spirit has cleansed us and made us to be vessels and those who carry your spirit forward into this world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive the cup. And now with that, let me encourage you, go forward. Go into all the nations. Go into every neighborhood. Go into your workplaces. Go into everywhere where Jesus opens up a door for you and share the gospel. Make a disciple and then make another one. And then proclaim that Jesus is Lord everywhere you go. He has called you. He has equipped you. And together, we're going to minister and be built up together as Christ's body. God bless you. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.